0: Does your child participate in the chores around the house? Are you increasing responsibility over time and also with that increasing their privileges? Are they starting to even see at a young age that the more I show that I'm responsible and capable of something, the more I'm rewarded with freedoms and privileges and my parent is recognizing my readiness and helping me grow in that. But then by the time you get to those tween years, none of this will be a surprise. It's just going to be how you've been parenting the whole way through. If you've got olders and you're in those tween years right now and you want to start, that's okay too. That's just that conversation that we talk about all the time, right? Sit your kiddo down. Hey, you know what? We want to try something. We think this is a really good goal to aim at. Here's what's going to need to look a little different in our house in order to reach that goal. What do you think about that? Where should we start? How can we, you know, get things rolling in that direction? So you're never too late no matter where you are in your parenting journey. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults.
1: Are you a working mom in the Seattle area? Are you feeling overwhelmed and overloaded? As working moms, we want it all. Career, home, family, friends, health, a nap. But actually having it all is a lot of work. More than any one person can handle on their own. That's why we're so excited about this brand new service founded by a working mom with four kids that's going to help moms conquer their never-ending to-do list so they can regain some joy and balance in their lives. How can it help? There are quite a few ways this service can help moms. First, it can help own and manage your schedule, so your schedule doesn't own you. It can help with those pesky home maintenance to-dos that you keep putting off, stuff like researching local pros, compiling quotes, and comparing products.
0: It can also help with keeping up with kids' needs as they grow, stuff like making sure they have clothes that fit, toys they love, and books they can't put down. It can help you put the focus on yourself, at least some of the time, finally making those self-care to-dos a priority and find a little more balance balance in the business. Even help with planning the fun stuff so it becomes less of a chore and more fun. Stuff like birthday parties, date nights, and weekend activities for the family. And they need Seattle moms like you to participate in their private beta for free to help inform the development. Are you interested? Go to yolabs.com/beta. That's y o slash s.com/beta b e t a. The service is normally $100 a month, but you can be among the first to try it out totally free. Only 25 spaces are left in the Seattle area, so hurry and sign up today. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Raising Adults Podcast. Not just a brand new episode today, but a brand new season. We are kicking off season five. I can't believe it. (laughs) It's sort of mind-blowing to me that we've had five seasons of this show, Dina. It's just so cool kind of unbelievable in a good way. Yeah, in the best possible way, especially when you think about, I mean, we've literally seen podcasts come and go that were kind of in our yeah, same genre, right? We have. Mm-hmm. So feeling pretty grateful to be here with you and if you're new to the show if you just discovered us over the break welcome we're so glad that you're here and getting to kick off our new season with us we just had a two-week break with some replay episodes and we hope those were helpful to get you kind of thinking about coming into season five and and what you might be wanting to work on this season or look at this season perfect timing with like re-emerging after this crazy (laughs) year and a bit that we've had. Um, I'm here in my laundry room. For those of you that are new, we used to record together in the laundry room before the pandemic hit. We are in what we are hoping are the final weeks of being separated. Um, But right now I'm in my laundry room and Dina is still in her coat closet. And uh, Dina, how are you doing? How's the closet today? You know, I'm well. New dynamic of the coat closet
1: that I've come to realize though is that As much as it was kind of problematic having everybody, you know, working from home, schooling at home, all the things, right now my husband is renting office space. And so he leaves. And I realized when I'm alone under the stairs, I feel a little vulnerable because this Mm. coat closet is like the first thing when you come in the front door. But like, how would
0: anyone know you're
1: in there? Well, they'd hear me talking. I mean, (laughs) that's just it, right? So, so I've now realized when I'm alone on a recording day, I'm very dedicated to locking the door before I come under here.
0: Yeah, (laughs) just because it just
1: feels vulnerable. Like I'd be the first, first available target. (laughs) I don't like that.
0: Oh, I don't like that either. We need to get you back in here. Is what we need to do.
1: And recently actually just a few weeks ago I actually did a story so hopefully some of you saw like what I actually do to get in here it's kind of hilarious so I won't really miss that part but it, you know we've made it work and I'm proud of us for that
0: yeah, absolutely. If you missed that story, it was epic. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. Uh, yeah, so we have made it work. I mean, you've made it work. I've just sat here in my laundry room and given you foam for your walls. That's really all I <laughs> but did. The foam was so helpful. The I foam was helpful. It. But anyway, we are excited that maybe you're back on your way to the laundry room soon. So that'll be that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah. I am excited for our topic today because this is one that has come up several times on interviews we've done on other shows. And you've kind of mentioned it on the show before, Dina, but we've never really looked at like, what does it mean? Um, So Dina has this, you know, goal in her home that her kids have no rules by age 16. And when we've mentioned this in interviews before, hosts have generally kind of Latched onto that and been like, what does it mean? Tell me more. (laughs) And she's fleshed it out on other shows. But what an amazing thing to talk about on our show. And especially wherever you are in your parenting journey, because our show is all about raising those adults. What a great way to kick off the season to think about having a goal like this one that maybe works for your family in whatever way that is. But thinking about that future focused parenting, that long range view of being able to maybe raise. Teens that by age 16 have no rules and get to practice adulthood a little bit. So, we always start with our why. If you're new to the show, we always start by talking about our why. What's the why behind our hows and our whats? So, Dina, do you want to share the why behind this amazing thing that you do in your house? Sure. So, this why came from actually
1: watching some other families. So, I saw that. Kind of one of two things happened. Either parents really erred on the side of maybe giving too much freedom too soon. And when those kids grew up and went out on their own, they kind of fell down because there wasn't the parameters or the structure as they grew up to kind of learn the bounds about good decision making and how do I decide, you know, what time I should come home, for example that doesn't work well but what was so fascinating to me is the other end of the spectrum didn't work well either so the parents who were maybe really kind of ran a tight ship and worked really well while kids are in those younger years but they never let their kids spread their wings and fly a little as they became teens and then those kids their first experience of real autonomy and freedom was when they were already on their own so then when they fell down there was no safe place to fall and Nowhere to process that. And they often kind of went, for lack of a better phrase, a little bit off the deep end, even some of them mm-hmm. like really mm-hmm. into kind of rebellion and craziness, like, Oh, freedom. I've never experienced this. And they just kind of floundered mm-hmm. and flailed. And I thought, you know, I don't, I don't want either of those scenarios. So the why for me, was around that piece that when they're on their own, by the time that happens, I want them to already feel capable of it because they've practiced it. And so what made sense to me is the best way to do that is practice a little bit for maybe a couple of years while they're still at home. And that is where this idea came from.
0: Mm, I love it so much. It's so great. And here's, here's the thing I really love about this particular thing is I think sometimes Dina, you and I can be perceived to be really strict and really rules-oriented and structure-oriented. And that for some people, that can feel a little off-putting. And I think that when you look at the, again, that long-range view, because you and I never look at just age three or just the toddler years, right? We're always looking at the big picture. And when you look at the big picture and you realize that, yes, in those early years, we're talking about a lot of structure and a lot of scaffolding. But overarching, what we're aiming toward is actually giving our kids more and more and more freedom so that they are more and more empowered and more and more capable. Suddenly, that doesn't look so strict. Does that make sense? Oh, I think that was really well said because you're right. For me, the
1: goal of the structure and the, quote, strictness in the early years is so that they're able to handle the increasing freedom in the older years. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I love that. Well, I have a why as well, um, and even though, you know, mine at right now, they're 10, um, almost 10, and on the brink of it, I, I always do that. I always age them. <laughs> like, when they're like really close to a birthday, I'm like, oh, they're practically 10. They are nine right now, but we are still a ways from 16, but they know that that's the goal and, and that that's coming for them. And and really my why matches yours exactly. And, and I, I may or may not talk about this later because I'm going to let you mostly talk today, but I also was kind of parented this way. I don't think my parents had the The sort of exact framework in mind. But certainly by age 16, there were no rules in my house. I was trusted implicitly. And as a result, I made some pretty good decisions on the whole. And when I did fall down, they were right there to talk with me about it and help me figure out how to do better next time. So I had a very positive experience being parented that way. And I was also really aware I had something my friends did not that was like noticeable and even talked about amongst my friendship group. Like, wow, that's so cool. Your parents do that, that they trust you like that, that I really wanted to replicate that with my kids. That's really special. I'm
1: good. I will probably want to know about that because I think I'm pretty interested in the experience of that as the young person because I didn't have that. And of course, my kids give me candid feedback all the time, <laughs> but I I think that's really interesting, especially you know a generation ago, what the yeah. experience of that was like, because I'm sure it was less common.
0: They're, I mean, my parents were always just the super duper weirdos compared to everybody else, but, <laughs> but way ahead of their time. I mean, yeah, really, I was going to
1: say more like trendsetters. Absolutely. Or, like, they were
0: the weirdos. <laughs> At the time, people thought they were Cuckoo bananas, but um, now it's like no, they were they would just saw what was coming. I think, yeah. and you know, so much of my parents came from their own experience of how they were parented and how they wanted to do differently. Sure. Um, so yeah, but anyway, let's talk about how did this look in your house. So give us some hows and some tools. If if parents are interested in, like, yeah, I want to make that the goal. Where do they start? What does it look like over the years? Like, how did you roll this out? And how did you know when they were ready? Yeah. Thank you for
1: saying that because that's actually where I wanted to start. It's a small thing, but it's a logistical piece that's really important. And that is that the 16 isn't the point. The point is they get a couple years to practice before they leave. And so this is going to kind of depend on the age of your children when they leave, which as our audience knows for mine is vastly different. So Sienna left at 17 to go off to college. Mark will be almost 19 by the time he goes. And so you have to look at that piece. And I think you also have to look at maturity. There are some children who are going to be ready for this younger than 16 and some who that 16th birthday comes and you can look and go, you know what? I'm not going to be able to offer that quite yet. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the important piece is kind of looking at when are they quote scheduled to launch and work your way backwards a couple years also taking into account their maturity and ability to handle these things. So that being said, the the biggest how that I'll share today is that this means you have to be slowly giving more freedom over time. and I, I get it that we've talked about that before, but I want to put some kind of verbs in those sentences and some nuts and bolts to what that looked like. So for example, in our house, our kids when they get their license, they have a driving contract. This is not a foreign concept, lots of people have heard of it. But in our house, we had contracts for other things too that helped build in this goal of moving toward that independence of no rules by 16. So we had contracts for things like internet usage. We had contracts for things like cell phone usage. We even had, you know, behavior expectations and The reason we did is I wanted Sienna and Mark to see in black and white, like, here's what I'm really expecting. I totally know you can rise to this challenge, but you need to know that the challenge is there, right? So, and we've said this before too, right? A kid cannot meet an expectation they don't know about. And so, what really helped was to make all that clear early on. I mean, it was probably tweens when we first had some of these things in place. And for a while, they were more verbal because they're kids. And then we did move to actual paper. And here's what was so fun about that is then each year on their birthday, I would decide on something to remove from the contract and we'd sign a new version of it. And as they get older, they would also weigh in on, you know, I think I'd like this restriction to go away. What do you feel about that? Mm. And they kind of entered into, I kind of brought them into the fold of that conversation. Like what what parameters do you think should go away on this birthday? And so it made the birthday really special because they literally saw in paper, you know, those increasing freedoms. The contract was getting shorter and shorter. And then on their 16th birthday, they both were ready for this at about 16. Uh, We waited a little bit longer with one of them, but... uh, they got to rip up the contracts altogether. And so that was really like they love that. That's so fun. Like just being done with that piece of the puzzle. But that was a way we did it. It doesn't have to look like that in your home. I I think just like so many things that we share on this podcast it needs to match your family and what would work for you. That's one example of how it can look, but it doesn't have to look that way. What I do think matters in setting this up well is the idea of what I'm asking to be responsible for you about is going to shrink over time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I'm asking you to be responsible for is going to grow over time.
0: That's the key. Yeah, I love that.
1: Prisma, a totally new way to go to school.
0: Do your kids look forward to going to school? Do they complain about being bored in class? Prisma is an online alternative to traditional school for 4th to 8th graders.
1: Prisma knows that most of today's kids will end up working jobs that don't even exist yet, so they focus on developing 21st century skills like creativity, critical thinking, and collaboration, rather than having kids memorize facts and take standardized tests.
0: Prisma offers a flexible curriculum that adapts to every child's interest. And learning speed, which means your child learns what they're curious about, is never left behind, and gets the attention they deserve from Prisma's expert coaches. Prisma
1: is an innovative online school for 4th to 8th graders that gives them the flexibility to be their best selves while developing the skills they need for a successful future.
0: Admissions for Fall 2021 are now live and filling fast. Go to joinprisma.com to schedule a call or learn more. So how... How did you decide, you know, their readiness? And and, and were there stumbles along the way? Like, ooh, we might have to wait on this or Mm -hmm. I need this to happen in order for us to officially rip the contract up? Yeah,
1: great question. So the first part, how do you assess readiness? So there's kind of three things I would look for for anything from pouring their own juice to a curfew. And the first is, are they pleasant about it when I do need to step in? Because a lot of this for me was the maturity of, am I willing to accept feedback from my parent if I slip up here? Mm -hmm. Otherwise they're not ready for the freedom to do it themselves because they're showing that they're still defensive, not receptive. They're going to immediately spring to anger if maybe a decision they made is questioned, that's important. So you're looking for that willingness of like, oh, you think I should do it this way? That makes sense. Thanks, mom. And did
0: did they know that was part of it? That like, you know, part of what I'm looking to see is that we're collaborating around these things? You know,
1: sometimes they knew that in advance and other times I would say it on the back end. Like, you know what? I was waiting for that. That's exciting that that happened today. And an, because early on, a great example is when they would get a consequence. I never told them this, but one of the things I was waiting for to start easing off on certain consequences was them being grateful for the consequence. Mm. And so the day that they would have a consequence and say, thank you, mom. I appreciate you making sure that I turn out well and caring enough to not let me behave that way. I was like, oh, we're going to be done with that. Mm-hmm. So, so mm. some yes, some no. But that's one thing is that kind of willingness to to take the feedback. A second one is, are they actually capable of the skill? So if you take a more logistical one, like the pouring of the juice, for example, I'm watching, I'm helping them. We do, I do it, we do it, you do it in our house. And I'm seeing, oh, they're really able to do that. And second is, and I'm not saying insolence or backtalk or spiciness, because again, go back to that first one with the character trait of willingness for intervention. But third is, am I getting a little pushback when I'm trying to do it for them or help? Mm That they're clearly showing to me, you know, just like a three-year-old says, I do it myself. I (laughs) Um, do. I do. Yeah, exactly. Like, am I seeing some like, hey, mom, I've got this. Mm -hmm. So I want them to want the responsibility. I want them to be open to help when they maybe slip up on the responsibility and I want them to be capable of handling it. Those are the three things I was gauging for readiness. Hmm. And then to your other question, did we ever have slip ups where we had to maybe pull back? Yes. So in particular... This has come later, but there were some things earlier, like with technology. And I think some of that was us being two households, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the other household was allowing something I wouldn't. And I would have to say, you know, at our house, based on what I'm seeing, you're not quite ready to take your phone to bed with you. Can you leave it downstairs at 9 p.m. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Other times it was when they're a little older and kind of practicing flexing these muscles of like, I decide when I come home or whatever. And we were seeing, Like a great example is we were either seeing coming home too late for it to work well for what they had the next day. And so sometimes we would just take a brief break. And I always warned them if that was coming. You know what? I need to let you know that the next time you ask me to do something like this in the evening before a test, for example, I am going to give you a time I'd like you home by because last time it didn't work out so well. And I think we just need to tighten that up a little bit before it's up to you again. Another example is communication. I'm really huge on communication. And I mean, I have a 19-year-old now, but she's home from college for the summer. And I still ask that, yes, it's not the same as mommy, may I go see my friend, but that she texts, for instance, when, hey, we've left where we were having dinner and now we're headed to this person's house to watch a movie. I also love, even if I'm asleep, I love a text that says heading home. And mm-hmm. a text that says, I'm home. Because then in the morning, I know, oh, she got home safe. Mm-hmm. I can look at it and see. And so I've asked for that even if I'm asleep. I want the text that tells me you made it home. <laughs> and so if I would see that communication slipping, then again, always with the heads up, you know what? If you hear me say no the next time or if you hear me ask for something different, it's because there wasn't communication and I got worried.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's still important that you have consideration for me as your mom. It's not about asking permission anymore, but it's about considering my feelings. And I'm, I can't help it. I'm going to be a mom forever. I'm a mom, okay? I worry no, when I don't I know. know where you are. Never
0: so, ends. Yeah.
1: so those are just a couple examples. But yeah, we've had those times where we've had to, you know, tweak it a little.
0: So can you then talk a little bit about like they've hit 16 or whatever age it was for each of them. They are now rule free. And part of the reason, as you said, is so they can slip up and do it in a a safe environment. So then how have you handled those? Because I'm Mm. sure they've happened, right? When it's like, okay, that went super sideways. That's the point (laughs) of this. (laughs) How How did that go?
1: Well, the first thing is what I love about this is it lets life be the heavy instead of me. So instead of me like coming in, you know, hammer swinging, I can't believe you did that. It's like life is the one who like hit him with the two by four, right? (laughs) And they're like, oh, that stunk. I'm exhausted today. Or I didn't do well on that test or whatever it is. So I love that because it already removed the dynamic of us having a battle but then you do have to follow up. And I think this is where parents can maybe misread this no rules by 16. It doesn't mean you're just like laissez faire. I'm all done. It's the switch in the role from I'm telling you what to do to I'm coaching you along. I'm mentoring you. I'm providing you with resources and we're going to talk through when it doesn't go great. So then you do still have to intervene on that piece and have that conversation. So that might look like, Hey, I could tell that was really frustrating for you that you got to." you know, B minus or whatever, when you thought you could get an A, but you were super tired. What do you think went wrong there? And, mm. and I, that sounds simplistic, but I do start there. Like, what do you think happened to get them to actually say it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I came home way too late for what I had going on the next day. And then we talk about what might they do differently next time. And I also always ask, they don't always take me up on this, but I ask, is there a way I could support you in that? And sometimes they want that. I've literally had one of my children say, I'm telling you about this because then I know I won't do it. And Mm. so we've set up a dynamic of accountability in that way because I ask, is there a way I can support you? And they might say, yeah, could you remind me about this the next time I want to be out late? Or they might say, no, I I just need some more practice. Or they might say, yeah, can you say no next time? Because I just still need to work on this. I've Mm -hmm. literally had them ask for that. So Those are kind of the components of that. We talk through the actual situation. What do you think could have been different? What didn't go great? And then can I support you as we work on it?
0: I love that because I think, and you touched on this at the top, but so many kids, they go to college or whatever's happening after high school, and it's just a free-for-all, right? And it's because Mm -hmm. they've never had any freedom before. And I think so many of them, they want a safe place to land, but because that dynamic hasn't been set up. They don't call home and say, hey, this is what happened and I'm scared or that Mm -hmm. felt like too much. Mm -hmm. And I think they do feel it. I remember that, you know, even even my life circumstances and home circumstances being what they were. It was still a big deal. I was in a completely different city, completely away from my parents. And so I think there's really something to that, that they have the opportunity to practice you know, experiencing these things in the safe way, but also then setting them up for when they do leave the house that you continue to be a safe place to land. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, you said it so perfectly because that's
1: kind of the other piece here is that they get to see, well, when I do mess up, nobody freaks out. Right. There isn't swift and sure, crazy consequences that are really beyond my frame now that I'm at the age I'm at. And so then it feels really safe to come if they are in a tricky situation later when they're on their own, because they know nothing bad is going to come from that. My parents got me. They care about me. They're going to talk through this with me, but I'm not going to be, quote, in trouble. I think that's such a a fear of even young adults. Well, I'm going to be in trouble if I share that, so I better just not. And I've kind of set up even with this dynamic of, you know what? I'd rather know something hard than not know it at
0: all. Well, and the normalizing piece we talk about all the time. If you've spent their whole childhood saying, hey, you know what? That's actually really normal. Like, obviously, I'm not thrilled you did it, but it makes sense to me that you did. We're going to talk about it. Then they feel the whole way along. Like, everything I'm doing is within the realm of normal kid behavior, Mm -hmm. and my parent is there to walk me through it and help me through it instead of freaking out and losing their minds and and making me feel like I don't want to come to them with those hard things. Yeah, exactly. So I think if you're listening to this and you have littlers, I think we need to just kind of quickly talk about, you know, some of the things you and I talk about all the time is like, really what we're saying is the increasing responsibility over time starts really young. So if you kind of think, let's say you have six year olds and or a six year old, I always think in doubles, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say you have a six-year-old, and you're thinking, wow, in 10 years, I'd love to get to that point. And you kind of heard that Dina started some of the contracts and the more formal side of this. In those teen tween years, and you're like, okay, well, at six, what can I be doing? This is really back to what we talk about with raising responsible adults. Does your child participate in the chores around the house? Are you increasing responsibility over time? And also, with that, increasing their privileges? Are they starting to even see at a young age that the more I show that I'm responsible and capable of something, the more I'm rewarded with freedoms and privileges, and my parent is recognizing my readiness and helping me grow in that? By then, by the time You get to those tween years, none of this will be a surprise. It's just going to be how you've been parenting the whole way through. If you've got olders and you're in those tween years right now and you want to start, that's okay too. That's just that conversation that we talk about all the time, right? Sit your kiddo down. Hey, you know what? We want to try something. We think this is a really good goal to aim at. Here's what's going to need to look a little different in our house in order to reach that goal. What do you think about that? Where should we start? How can we you know, get mm-hmm. things rolling in that direction? So you're never too late, no matter where you are in your parenting journey. But thinking of that, you know, I hate to harp on it, but the future-focused mentality of what am I aiming at? If I'm aiming at no rules by 16, well, what do I have to be doing right now to be able to hit that goal? Thank you for saying that. And then I think I want to just piggyback on that. And then I think we should hear kind of about
1: what this was like for you because parents, if you're considering this, I think it's important to hear the impact on someone who's living with freedom at maybe a younger age than we might traditionally think in our culture. Like, oh, you're on your own once you're really on your own. And we're kind of giving the opportunity to try out on your own while there's still this safe place to fall. But what I wanted to piggyback on that I think is so important that you just said, Kira, is that it can start with youngers. So what I would sometimes do is surprise my kids in a good way, or maybe sometimes just in a deer in the headlights way. I don't know, but is I would notice something where they met all the criteria of readiness, but maybe they hadn't realized it. And then they would come to me for help, whether it's they're in a sibling squabble or they're trying to figure out the laundry or whatever. And I would unexpectedly say, you know, uh, I think you have everything you need to be able to handle that. Mm -hmm. Why don't you take care of it? Let me know if you need anything. I'm here but I think you've got what you need. And so even before we did contracts or any of this more formal look to it, there was purposeful handing off to give them the chance. They've got to try things and have the freedom to try things and succeed at them and feel capable. And so handing off those opportunities, and you can do that at six or even Mm -hmm. at four with little things like, oh, I think you're ready to do that. Let let me know if you need help. It's just, and sometimes their eyes would get wide with joy. Other
0: times it was wide with like, what? Yeah, (laughs) But but that's important. Yeah, I see that with mine too.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, I'm just glad you said that Mm because it can start sooner, but Mm -hmm. it leads to this later, right? So, okay. Now tell our audience, I'm going to shut up and just maybe share a little bit about what it was like for you to live this way, probably at a time when most of your peers weren't. You know, were there hard things about it? What were the good things? Just tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was mostly really good. And and like I said, I don't think my parents had like a plan per se. I think they just knew that they wanted to build a trusting relationship and they didn't want parents who hovered the way that particularly my mom's parents. I mean, oh, my goodness, like first born girl
1: in Mm. a rural
0: town, you know, she couldn't do anything. Um, And so she just really didn't want that. For me and and my dad, I don't know that his parents were particularly strict, but he didn't have you know the happiest upbringing, and so he really wanted that to be different for me. I think the the best parts of it were really, I, I and I mean we've talked about this before, especially on that raising responsible adults episode, which you reminded me about today. But you know, I think it it. I am a very fiercely independent person and someone who generally feels very capable of being in the world and and getting my needs met and doing what needs to be done. And I think that was a huge part of it was just from such a young age. The message was, I just I think you can handle this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think you've got this. Like, I trust you. So that was really nice. And then also, I think, you know, I mean, all my friends, sorry to any parent who's listening of my friends, but (laughs) all of them snuck out. I never snuck out. I just didn't have to. Wherever I was going was okay. As long as I, you know, like you said, as long as I let them know where I was going and when I was going to be home and I called Mm -hmm. if I was going to be late, it just didn't phase them. And they had always said to me, you know, like, make a smart decision about your sleep. (laughs) Um, But I had no curfew. And then their other big rule, and I loved this, was if you are drunk or high, please call me. Mm -hmm. And that was like just – and I never did. Why? Because I didn't want to have to make that call. But I knew I could. And yeah. that was so special just to know that, like, it wasn't even no one was going to freak out. It, you know, this is a possibility that that they had considered and that they would rather I was safe and rather I would make that phone call than put myself in a dangerous situation. And you can call me anytime, Kira, no matter what. And I will come and get you. So, all of that was just really lovely. I think it bred a really special relationship between my parents and I because I felt trusted and I was seeing how different that was. Um, I felt more, especially as I got older, in a good way, on par with them, if that makes sense. Like they were starting to really see me as the adult I was becoming. Mm -hmm. So, I think I felt very seen and heard in that way. And then, last but not least, the only hard part about it, and I still think this is a good thing, is that I was very aware that if I messed up, it would all go (laughs) bye-bye. And not in a, I mean, they expected me to fall down and make mistakes like we're talking about. But like, if I ever broke their trust, you know, like we are giving you a lot here, Kira. So if you ever lie to us, break our trust, you know, put us in a position where now we can't believe that this freedom we're giving you is exactly what we think it is, that we can see what you're seeing and everybody's agreed on what's happening in, inside of it, um, that it all was going to go away. Hmm. And so That's I never so wanted powerful. to break that because, no. you know, here they were they were doing this amazing thing. I knew it was kind of weird compared to my friends. I knew that it meant they loved me and trusted me and believed in me. Like, what child would ever want to mess with that, right? No. I also
1: think it's powerful because they're essentially saying to you, and this is what we're saying by having a household where there's no rules by the middle teen years, is that you are given this opportunity to have the freedom to be responsible for your own life. But you know what? That means the responsibility is also yours, whether you get to keep this freedom.
0: Yes, that's so well said. That was exactly. And no one ever said it. It was just this like undercurrent. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you don't need to say it. (laughs) They didn't need to say it. Yeah, you feel Mm -hmm. the weight of it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there is weight to it. There's a lot of weight to being a responsible adult. I feel it still in my 40s,
0: okay? (laughs) Absolutely. So So they should feel that. So I think it's a really, you know, just conceptually the idea of almost flipping on its head because what we tend to see is like rules get stricter as kids get older because like they're exposed to more. So we need yes. more rules. And I think it's, I disagree. I think yep. we have to flip that on its head. And yeah. from that young age show, like the more responsible you are, the more I can trust you, the more you're going to get and the more you're going to grow in that. And I'm going to watch you grow. And then we get to delight in watching them grow into these beautiful humans and and feel safe as they launch into the world that they're going to make the good decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, all, it's it, the the massive ripple effect of a decision like this is just... I mean, it's huge.
1: Well, and you're you're right about I I I'm so glad you said that because I get frustrated too when the the structure and the parameters close in on olders. Like that should be going in the reverse direction. Because also the other thing is we want eventually our children who are becoming these adults to have their own internal radar of what to say yes to, what to say no to. And I think our sometimes our fear, parenting out of fear, leads to more rules, more rules. I'm scared of what they might be exposed to. But when you're working toward building that internal compass that says, Oh, something doesn't feel right, I've been really pleasantly surprised at the way my kids actually limit their own intake of things that I was nervous about. Yep. Or decide what's not right for them.
0: And I would say that was my lived experience as well. I was really for the most part very safe i made Mm -hmm. i can probably count on one hand maybe not even a whole hand the number of dumb choices i made um and only one of them was like really dumb
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey that's not too bad if you've only had one really dumb like really
0: really 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 dumb but other than that (laughs) um you know they were they i i really didn't make crazy choices because i think they built that internal compass that you're talking about so so can you because you'll do it better than I will would you just kind of like revisit all that in some yeah. bullet points maybe even sure. an acronym I'm I i do not know if you have one but it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> sadly no acronym today so
1: sorry friends
0: but yes I'm
1: happy to kind of encapsulate some of the things that you can do if you if you might want to make this a goal for your family so one of the first things is you're watching for readiness you might have different criteria than I did but still watch for readiness. We've always talked about staying within a child's frame. Don't hand them what they're not ready for. And then also for the no actual no rules part, really watch for the maturity, not just the age. Make sure that they're they're really ready for that. And then the framework for that is increasing privilege. So what they're in charge of grows, decreasing parameters. So what you're in charge of shrinks. When there's a setback or a mistake, talk through that. Remember, you're not abdicating your role as parent. It's just shifting to more of this coach mentor role. So definitely talk about those flubs when they happen. And it's a when, it's not an if. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna make a mistake, but talk through that and, and enter into that in in terms of asking what happened, what could be better, what didn't go great, can I support you? You know, how can I support you going forward? And then lastly, so glad you touched on this again, Kira. I may have forgotten it otherwise, is offer, start offering opportunities early. If you still have youngers and you're listening to this episode and you have the chance and you think this might be a goal and a priority for your home, offer those chances, surprise them, make them go deer in the headlights in a good way. Hey, I think you're ready to handle that. It breeds exactly what Kira just talked about in her lived experience that she felt capable and she was given the message early on. We trust you. You got this. And that's what you do by finding those opportunities early on to give them some responsibilities that they maybe didn't even know they were ready for, but you've seen that they are. So that's what I would say, and hopefully it's been helpful.
0: I love it. Well, thank you for being with us today and every week, and welcome to the show if you're new. We're so happy to have you here. Um, I'm going to do my usual plug, friends. Here we go, except it's a little different now. So if you have not followed the show on iTunes We don't subscribe anymore. They've changed everything, and now it's a follow. So please follow us on iTunes or your platform of choice. You can subscribe on all the other (laughs) platforms (laughs) and follow us on iTunes. Um, You can also follow us on social media. We are at Future Focused Parenting for both uh, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. And then on Twitter, we are capital F, capital F, underscore parenting. There you go. Everything else was taken. It was kind of phenomenal. So, yeah. we all
1: finding the- a Twitter, like you guys don't even know, finding a Twitter <laughs> handle for us was it was, epic. It was no small task.
0: <laughs> so find us on social media. We'd love to connect with you there. You can always check out our website, which is futurefocusedparenting.com. If you're not already signed up for our newsletter, we give you a whole bunch of freebies. When you do, you can do it right through the website. We'd love to connect with you in whatever way you choose. We have membership. We'd love to have you as part of the FFP family. We're just so glad that you're here. Welcome to season five, everyone. We will be back with you next week. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's coat closet. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Edited by Allison Preisinger. Thanks for listening.